Chapter 6. The Dews. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Daniel 1, verse 12. Around 597 BC, Babylonian King Nebuchadnezzar besieged and captured Jerusalem. As a result, he took many of the Jews back to Babylon as captives, including included in this group were the best and brightest of Israel. The idea was to teach and train these bright young ones and make them into Babylon. Babylonians. Among those of the best and the brightest were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Part of their training was to be fed a rich diet of kingly food, which would have certainly included large quantities of meat, wine, expensive cheeses, etc. Daniel, as the leader of these righteous boys, rejected these foods and would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which the king drank. In their new Babylonian home, this unthinkable act was likely to get all four of them killed, yet Daniel insisted that he would not defile himself. Instead, this brave young man petitioned that they would be fed a diet of pults and water. Some may ask, what is pults? According to the 1828 Webster Dictionary, pults meant a combination of beans, peas, seeds, and legumes. In other words, Daniel asked for a carb-loaded vegetable, bean, and seed dish for every meal. He knew that this was life or death, and he needed to get stronger and healthier faster than his peers. With the stakes so high, why would he choose plant foods to accomplish this goal? The chief official was not pleased with this proposition and was uninterested in granting exceptions. However, a lesser steward was sympathetic to their plight and reluctantly complied by granting them a 10-day test of their seemingly inferior diet. After the trial period, these Israelite boys were compared against their meat-eating, wine-drinking counterparts, and the diet of Poltz was the clear victor. Daniel and his friends, according to, the Daniel, according to Daniel's account, were stronger and fairer in appearance. The results were so incredible that after just ten days, that the chief official quickly changed the diet of each of the other boys to a diet of Poltz. This incredible story is often discussed in conjunction with the word of wisdom, but rarely is it used to exemplify the ideal diet. Why would Daniel reject the meat offered to him? Is it because he understood how, just how good plant foods are for the body? Perhaps he understood the dues of the word of wisdom thousands of years before the revelation we know was even revealed. Too often we focus on the don'ts of the word of wisdom, but rarely do we realize that there are more verses dedicated to admonitions than prohibitions. When we ignore the things that we have been commanded to use, we are missing out on a big part of the word of wisdom. As Lorenzo Snow reminded us, it is not right to neglect part of the word of wisdom and be strenuous in regards to the other parts. In other words, what we put into our bodies is just as important as what we do not put into our bodies. We have spoken with many faithful saints who would never drink coffee or alcohol, but who reject the Lord's counsel that grain should be the staff of our lives. Doctrine and Covenants 89 identifies a list of items that are suitable for us to eat. Grains, herbs, and fruit are singled out and specifically mentioned in the text, and should therefore be our primary focus in our diet. While unsurprising... To men like Daniel, it sometimes comes as a shock to Latter-day Saints that the Lord has counseled us to eat primarily carbohydrates. In this chapter, we will discuss in depth the Lord's counsel to us on the proper diet and how we can better utilize these foods. Section Herbs and Their General Use In the Word of Wisdom, the Lord lays out very specifically what things are good for our food and what should be used. He says, quote, 
And again, verily I say unto you, all wholesome herbs God hath ordained for the constitution, nature, and use of man. Every herb in the season thereof, and every fruit in the season thereof, all these to be used with the prudence and thanksgiving. All grain is good for the food of man, as also the fruit of the vine, that which yieldeth fruit, whether in the ground or above the ground. To better help, end quote, to better help us understand what the the implications of these verses are, let us look at a few definitions from the 1828 American Dictionary of the English language by Noah Webster. These definitions will help to better understand the intent behind each phrase and allow us to gain more, a more complete picture of what the Lord intended in the Revelation. First, herbs are singled out for us, specifically for our constitution, nature, and use. Does this mean, mean that we should be eating a diet of oregano and rosemary? Well, this may be what comes to mind when we hear the word herbs. The 1828 dictionary offers much greater insight. Quote, Herb, a plant or vegetable with a soft or succulent stalk or stem, which dies to the root every year and is thus distinguished from a tree or a, and a shrub. End quote. In this definition, we learn that herbs encompass about every plant that is edible. The Lord also adds that this includes every fruit above ground or below ground, which would include trees. The insight from this definition means that this revelation is not only talking about oregano and rosemary, although we will discuss those kinds of herbs in the next chapter, but also encompasses beans, nuts, seeds, leafy, dark leafy greens, tubers, fruits, vegetables, and more. To go another step further, let's look at the Webster's definition for constitution, nature, and use to determine how the Lord wants us to use them. Quote, Constitution, the state of being that forms that form of being or particular structure and connection of parts which makes or characterizes a system or body. Hence, the particular frame or temperament of the human body is called its constitution. Nature, the essence, essential qualities or attributes of a thing which constitutes what it is. When we speak of the nature of man, we understand the peculiar constitution of the body or mind or the qualities of the species which distinguished him from other animals use the act of handling or employing in any manner and for any purpose but especially for a profitable purpose end quote we need to understand exactly what the lord means here according to the above definitions plant foods are to be a central part in regulating the frame and temperament of our bodies they are also to be an essential part of our lives and can be handled by us for any purpose. What broad definitions with so many applications? The Lord is essentially telling us that if it grows in nature, we can and should focus on it as a primary element of our diet, health regimen, and whatever other purposes we can conceive. Additionally, because foods such as fruits, vegetables, herbs, and grains are singled out here, one can conclude that any fad, diet, or professional advocating to limit them is not in line with what our Creator has declared. The scriptural evidence for this is abundant. The Lord continually singles out these plant foods as the primary source of food for His children. In all three creation accounts in Latter-day Saint scripture, the Lord tells Adam and Eve that plant foods should be their primary source of food. The Genesis account reads, quote, and God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat or food. End quote. 
God intended these herbs or plants to be our main source of food because, as many authorities have pointed out, when the Lord uses shall language, he is saying it as a commandment. Therefore, we can conclude that the Lord commanded Adam and Eve to eat plants. Orson Pratt also felt that this was the case. He argued that men and women, starting from the time of Adam and Eve, were made to eat fruits and vegetables. He says, quote, For it will be remembered that animals did not devour one another until after the fall. Neither was there any death until after the fall. What did they eat then? The Lord said, To every beast of the field and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every herb, green herb, for meat. The grass and the herbs and every green thing were their food, and Adam and Eve ate fruits and vegetables, not animal flesh. End quote. This sentiment is echoed all over scripture, from Psalms to the Book of Mormon. As President Gordon B. Hinckley indicated, God is pleased when we eat these foods, and it saddens him that we do not obey this admonition more faithfully. As a saint, pleasing God ought to be our top priority. As such, we would be wise to eat the foods that please him and avoid the foods which do not. Prophets old and new have consistently admonished God's people to eat a diet composed of fruits and vegetables. Daniel denied the king's meat for a diet of pulse. President Brigham Young may be the prophet with the most recorded opinions on diet and nutrition. During a long life plagued with disease, he felt that a proper diet did more for his health than the doctor. President Young simply stated that, quote, when men live to the age of a tree, their food will be fruit, end quote. On other occasions, he scolded saints for eating unhealthy foods that did not feed the body and make room for the spirit. Even then, president of the Quorum of the Twelve, Ezra Taft Benson, taught that <clears throat> we need to put more focus on fruits, vegetables, and grains. He went on to say, quote, To a significant degree, we are an overfed and undernourished nation, digging an early grave because, with our teeth and lacking the energy that could be ours because we overindulge in junk foods. We need a generation of young people who, as Daniel, eat a more healthy manner, than to fare on the king's meat, and whose countenances show it. End quote. The prophets have understood this incredible, ble- uh, the incredible blessings to be gained by following these admonitions in the word of wisdom, and from the example of Daniel. Not only have the prophets emphasized that fruits and vegetables should be the center of our diet, but the Lord Himself has as well. In addition to these, the Lord has also specified that grain should play a major role. Section grain. In verses 14 through 17 of the Word of Wisdom, the Lord advises on the use of grains. He says, quote, All grain is ordained for the use of man and of beasts, to be the staff of life. All grain is good for the food of man, as also the fruit of the vine, that which yieldeth fruit, whether in the ground or above the ground. End quote. That series of verses ought to be enough to shock a keto dieter right out of ketosis. It sure shocked us. The Lord identifies here that grain should be a primary source of calories for all of his saints. Grains are meant to be the staff of life, or, in other words, a staple in our diet. Again, this is consistent with the biblical counsel the Lord gave to Adam and Eve when he said that it was by the sweat of their brows that they would eat bread. In the Book of Mormon, there are over 25 mentions of grain. Studying each of these passages reveals an interesting theme. When the Nephites were obedient to God, they were described as being prosperous, and in many cases, it is also mentioned that they raised grain abundantly. The use of grains throughout the Book of Mormon is associated with obedience and a flourishing society. 
On the other hand, when the Lamanites were disobedient and idolatrous, they were described as being bloodthirsty. Enos even goes so far, <clears throat> as far as to say that they were evil because they fed on the beasts of prey. An interesting juxtaposition for us to consider the relationship of righteousness and the foods we eat. God's people have always had grains as a staple of their diet, so why would we, uh, so why would now be any different? This may seem confusing given the fact that we spent an entire section in the Conspiring Men chapter exposing the secret combinations that have manipulated and altered wheat. However, that Conspiring Men would put so much effort into changing wheat only confirms that it must be important. Unfortunately, those that aren't exploiting wheat are often advocating against its use entirely. As such, diet trends like the paleo and keto diets, which exclude grains entirely, have risen in popularity over the last five years. These diets, which are exciting because of their quick results, appear to be the opposite of what the Lord has advertised, or advised. <laughs> Is it any wonder that the Lord said that the word of wisdom was for all saints in the last days? Surely he knew of the coming diet trends and gave us a blueprint to avoid all of this confusion. So the question remains, if wheat has been so maligned and the modern wheat product is just a smorgasbord of harmful chemicals that are bad for us, what are we to do? The answer again lies in the 1828 Webster Dictionary. According to a definition of wheat, wheat is classified as a plant in the triticum genus, which includes over 30,000 different strains and varieties. Just a few popular examples are spelt, emer, einkorn, and farro. This means <clears throat> that the two of the three strains that we consider wheat today are just a handful of types of wheat, leaving over 29,997 remaining strains for our use as well. Some of the other common varieties not already mentioned include grains such as teff, oats, quinoa, buckwheat, rice, amaranth, millet, and sorghum. Looking at other sources of wheat and grain can be can benefit us greatly. These varieties contain a better nutrient profile and have been far less contaminated by men. Ultimately, grains can and should be a primary source of food for us. We are told that they should be the staff of life and that all grains are good for the food of man. Some may wonder if the Lord has ordained all grains for our use. Why should the alarm against genetically modified... Or why sound the alarm against genetically modified and hybridized grains. Wouldn't those also be included in all grains? This is a great question worthy of exploration. Let's think about fruit for a moment. Say a peach. Are peaches healthy for you? Yes. No doubt. God perfectly designed a beautiful peach to be a f full of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and much more. What about a peach spayed, sprayed with herbicides, fungicides, and pesticides? that are linked to serious health complications and which also kill the good bacteria beneficial to the human body. What about <clears throat> when this same chemically treated peach is canned with high fructose corn syrup, sugar, colorants, and preservatives? Are these two peaches, the natural and the man-made, equal? It should be obvious to each person that a freshly picked peach is far better for your health than a canned and sugared peach. It is the same with grains. We have taken God's design and we have altered it changed its composition and essentially said, God's way was not good enough. We need man's wisdom to fix it. Ironically, studies have shown that man-made chemicals do not increase crop yields as previously thought. Moreover, these genetically modified foods have an entirely different nutritional profile with much lower overall nutrition than organically grown foods. 
Therefore, we can conclude that while all grains are good for our use, we should take great care to ensure that these grains we use have not been perverted by man. In short, grains are of great importance to us. It is no coincidence that the Lord spends four verses, four entire verses in the Word of Wisdom talking about it. We can reasonably conclude that any diet prohibiting or severely restricting grains ought to be rejected as it does not fall in line with the Word of Wisdom. Section Debunking Myths About Carbohydrates Now that we have established what the Lord has said about what we should eat, we will now turn our attention to addressing many secular concerns. In the world today, many people believe that the foods the Lord says are good are not ones we should enjoy. Indeed, the foods the Lord prescribes are largely made up of carbohydrates. And if there is one food group that has been maligned more than any others today, it is carbohydrates. Many are afraid that eating carbohydrates will <clears throat> cause them to gain weight, get diabetes, etc. This sad perspective couldn't be farther from the truth. Carbohydrates ought to be our best friends. First, because the Lord makes clear that these are the foods ordained for our use, and second, because modern science has given us a great deal of data to support the use of these carbohydrates in our diet. Though we do not need modern science to confirm what God has taught, it is interesting to note that there are many health benefits to a carbohydrate-centered diet, focusing on fruits and vegetables. All of our needs are met with this kind of diet. Before we talk about the benefits of the carbohydrates, it is important to note which carbohydrates we're talking about. A word of wisdom sanctioned carbohydrate-rich diet would consist of foods like tubers, fruits, vegetables, dark leafy greens, grains, seeds, nuts, beans, lentils, etc. We are not talking about cake, cookies, donuts, cereal, soda, candy, etc. Those items would be in the category of foods to avoid simply because they have been refined and processed to the point where they offer little nutritional value. So as far no so as we move forward, keep in mind <clears throat> that the kind of carbohydrates we are discussing are the unadulterated plant foods that Heavenly Father has given for our use, not man-made sugar traps. Plants are the perfect craft crafted foods for our health and well-being. They contain every single necessary vitamin, mineral, nutrient, and phytochemical that your body needs to flourish. As Elder John A. Woodsell pointed out in his book on the Word of Wisdom, quote, Plants contain all of the necessary food substances, proteins, fats, starches, and other carbohydrates, minerals, and water, and vitamins. The great builder of the earth provided well for the physical needs of his children, end quote. Just as Elder Woodsell proclaims, plants are sufficient for our dietary needs, but this is not what the world would have you believe. Low-carbohydrate diets are more popular than ever, and even well-educated nutritional professionals would have you believe that carbohydrates lead to bad health. However, carbs are essential to every tissue and cell in our body. Our brains, for instance, require carbohydrate-created glucose to function. The brain is unable to function on a diet of fat or protein exclusively. That is why we hear of keto diet brain fog. The brain is starving, creating immediate and long-term repercussions. <clears throat> one study found that after women followed a low-carbohydrate diet for just one week, their working memory and visual-spatial memory drastically declined. More scary than brain fog, however, is that low-carbohydrate diets are directly associated with early death. Some studies have classified these diets as extremely unsafe, and have indicated that they lead to poor long-term health. 
Numerous studies have indicated that high carbohydrate diets have also been found to be the best diet for weight loss and long-term health. Those who eat the most carbohydrates have the lowest risk for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and obesity. Another benefit of carbohydrates is their fiber content. An estimated 97% of the population is fiber deficient, and these deficiencies are linked to a host of health problems. Researchers at BYU found that those who increased their fiber intake lost weight and those who ate a low-fiber, low-carbohydrate diet gained weight. Since fiber is not found in animal proteins or fats and only in carbohydrate foods, we start to see why carbs are so important. Some claim that we should limit our fruit consumption for better health. As we have already discussed, Adam and Eve were commanded to eat fruit. It should stand to reason that fruit should be a primary source of our food as well. Moreover, numerous studies have found a correlation between higher fruit intake and fewer problems with diabetes, heart disease, and many other common health problems of our day. Fruit is not the culprit of poor health. It is one of the main indicators of good health. Carbohydrates are an amazing source of food for nearly every single person regardless of location or resources. Unrefined carbohydrates such as beans and grains can be found for roughly one-fifth of the total price of animal protein and fat sources, which is lean on the budget as well as your body. They store for long periods, are easy to prepare, and they can be grown with minimal land and effort. There is no one who wouldn't benefit in nearly every aspect by eating more of these kinds of carbs as advised in the Word of Wisdom. Section The Ideal Diet Some may ask, what is the ideal diet? To this question, we would answer the diet that Daniel ate and what the Word of Wisdom advises. That is, a diet rich in fruits, vegetables, beans, grains, and other forms of plants. As evidence of this, studies have shown that the Daniel diet of pulse, plant foods, can yield incredible, clinically significant improvements in all aspects of health. These health benefits are blessings that we can't live without in today's world rife with chronic disease. The Lord also encourages, to, encourages us to eat these foods while they are in season. Modern data confirm the benefit of following the counsel as well, showing that the nutrient profiles of in-season foods are far greater than when out of season. We ought to remember that the Lord also directs us to use these with prudence and thanksgiving. Therefore, we should use judgment when partaking of these foods to ensure that they are used for the improved health and not to our detriment. As President Joseph Fielding Smith reminds us, quote, any perfect food that is good for the body can be harmful by overindulgence, end quote. So let us remember that there can be too much of a good thing and we should strive to not overindulge in any kind of food, even the most wholesome. Man's wisdom is not greater than God's, and we ought to rely wholly upon his wisdom. As we obey these principles, we will be rewarded. There can be untold miracles of healing as we obey the Lord's prescribed way. When we use the foods that he has ordained, we can grow in both spirit and strength of body. No matter where you currently are on your journey, finding ways to add in more of these prescribed foods can be a blessing. Section Healing Disease with Diet while talking about the Word of Wisdom, we often miss the do's. These important foods ordained for our constitution, nature, and use can have miraculous healing powers. For instance, broccoli has been known to kill colon cancer cells on site. Berries can turn off inflammation genes within a few weeks of consistent consumption. Dark leafy greens are the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet and play a crucial role in preventing and reversing heart disease. 
Soy has been shown to protect against prostate and breast cancer, can even turn off the BRCA gene. The list goes on and on. As I, Cassidy, begun my journey to health, I used food exclusively to reverse my health woes. I had yet to learn about herbs, which we'll talk about next, and I didn't use any supplements or medications. I simply used God's food to heal my body. Just as, as, <laughs> just as important as what I didn't put into my body, specifically meat, processed foods, and other animal products, were what I did put in. Fruits, vegetables, grains, seeds, nuts, beans, and legumes. Each of these foods has healing properties and played a role in reversing my disease. Since that time, I have worked with people all over the world to help reverse their health conditions. Using only food, I have helped many people reverse some of the most common lifestyle diseases around. For example, I work with many clients who suffer from severe IBD and IBS, such as Crohn's disease and colitis. For these specific conditions, foods like potatoes, brown rice, and steamed vegetables can help promote healing the most. One client has been diagnosed with severe Crohn's disease and colon cancer. With initial reluctance, she started the dietary recommendations and began her diet of potatoes, rice, and a few other approved items. Within weeks, she said that her bloating had subsided, all abdominal pain disappeared, blood in the stool was gone for the first time since her diagnosis, and she finally had energy to make it throughout the day. She was so elated to have healthy bowel movements without planning her whole life around trips to the bathroom. Her example truly shows how the right kinds of food can heal our bodies. These are the blessings available to us when we make an intentional effort to follow the admonitions of what we should put into our bodies, rather than only focusing on what we shouldn't.